Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another NFL episode of the Hands Down DFS podcast. I've got Scotty with me as always to help me break down this NFL Week 2 slate. Scotty, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited about getting into this weekend. Um, we got to have a little taste of football and I've been uh, craving it ever since. So I'm, I'm ready for the weekend. You, you really don't know how much you miss it until it's back. And then oh. every Monday, I'm just waiting for the next Sunday. Nothing's like a Tuesday morning, knowing that you got a got a long road before Sunday morning. Well, we're halfway there. We're going to start jumping into the slate. It's time to start building these lineups. Uh, the way this podcast will work, we'll probably go position by position. We're going to put the QBs and the running backs first, and we're just kind of kind of going to go down the list, um, call out some of our favorite guys. You know, give you guys our favorite plays or at least favorite plays, and try to help you construct a roster. So uh, we'll just get into it. Um, we got a pretty loaded QB field at the top with Lamar Jackson, Patty Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, all leading the way in which would be relatively high-scoring games. Um, do, do you like – which of these high-price guys do you like? Yeah, which of the high-price guys – maybe we just talk about the top three. I definitely like Aaron Rodgers the most. Um, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are both in spots where I'm a little worried about um, them potentially not playing the entire game or at least not throwing the having to throw the ball the entire game where I think maybe against Detroit, maybe Rodgers doesn't have to throw the ball either the entire game if Kenny Galladay uh, is out, is in, in fact out for the Lions. But going up against a defense uh, and the Lions that could potentially be without three of their starting um, quarterbacks. I really like Aaron Rodgers that even if he's in a spot where he won't be playing or won't be throwing the ball necessarily the entire game, I really think that he will have the ability to get those big points first. And like we saw against the Vikings last week, um, he was definitely, they had a pretty big lead pretty quickly and they weren't, they weren't afraid of, uh, keeping on throwing the ball. So uh, I definitely think they want Aaron Rodgers to kind of get to his um, ways of old where he was just known as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he's still kind of known as that. But I definitely don't think they'll shy away from letting him have some free uh, confidence-building throws. Yeah, I I think Aaron Rodgers is, is in a good spot, especially considering – you know, you're getting a 1300 discount off him, off Lamar Jackson, 800 off Mahomes. He's a, as you mentioned, those guys have the potential to, the, those top two, Jackson and Mahomes, have the potential that maybe the game gets out of hand and they're handing the ball off or not taking shots downfield. Aaron Rodgers, you know, Detroit can stay competitive. I mean, they're not the best football team, but especially in these divisional games, anything goes. They can, hang right with the Packers if they really wanted to, you know, hopefully we'll see Aaron Rodgers throw the ball 40 times. And I mean, you hit on it, even when they're up, they'll get Aaron Jones involved. Like he'll definitely rush the ball more, but they have a good balance of pass passing and running, even when they have such a lead that it doesn't really deter me from Rodgers. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of people in some of our articles that we posted this week have been going back to, last week's games and trying to find tendencies. I know somebody was talking about how the Vikings gave up five yards per carry on the ground, or they were just other statistics kind of here and there. Um, 
if we are going to go off of a small sample size of one week, we saw a guy, Mitch Trubisky, who is by no means an elite quarterback. Once Trufant went out with an injury, we saw him throw for three touchdowns and have a fantastic game um, against that depleted uh, Detroit defense. So I can only imagine what a guy like Aaron Rodgers could do against uh, a depleted Detroit defense. We, we could be looking at another 30-plus point game from him, and you'll definitely want him in your lineup if that's the case. Uh, for sure. So how about uh, the number four guy, Zach Prescott? He's in this Atlanta-Dallas matchup should be the highest scoring game of the slate. Right now, the Vegas total is 52.5. Dallas is favored by 4.5 points. Um, between Dak and Matt Ryan, who, who are you leaning? Got to go Matt. Got to go, Matt. And we talked about this a little bit on the pod um, earlier this week on our first looks and nothing that I've seen this week. Actually, I was going to say nothing that I saw this week would make me want to go Dak Prescott. It's actually gone even further the other way where I, within events that have happened this week, I love Matt Ryan a little bit more because Mari Cooper uh, actually showed up on the injury list today with a foot injury. Um, he didn't, he wasn't able to fully go through practice. So he, I think, um, if Prescott doesn't have his number one weapon in Amari Cooper, I even like Matt Ryan even more than Dak Prescott. Um, yes, Prescott has the rushing abilities that Matt Ryan doesn't have, but Matt Ryan has the throwing the ball 55 times ability that Dak Prescott doesn't have. Um, just based off of the, I'm sure Dak can throw the ball 55 times in a row if he wanted to, but uh, just based off of how the Dallas offense is set up, that's not happening. Yeah. Um, so let's move on down to Josh Allen. He was one of your favorite quarterbacks last week, but also one of my favorite quarterbacks. This week, we get him against Miami, who just really got handed to they, – they Cam Newton beat them up. I'll put it that way. He was – he looked like the Cam Newton from a few years ago, the Super Bowl Cam Newton, where he was kind of running all over the Dolphins. He, uh, you know, was throwing the ball relatively well. He had a great game, all things considered. And now we got Josh Allen, who's probably the, uh, you know, maybe Lamar Jackson is number one, but Josh Allen's a top two rushing quarterback in the league um, against Miami defense, who does not defend the rushing quarterback well at all. Um, I think Josh Allen's in a great spot to win, not only win the game, but also put up big fantasy numbers. I don't, I don't think this is one of those games that's going to get too far out of hand. Um, as we mentioned with Detroit Green Bay, divisional matchups, you know, these guys are playing each other, you know, several times throughout the years. So Miami at least at least knows what to expect from Josh Allen. Maybe they can try to contain contain them a bit, but he's just so much better of a quarterback than Miami as a team is defensively that he'll, he'll have his way with Miami. If they can keep it close, he'll also be slinging the ball uh, week one. We saw him not only pass for 40 pass the ball 46 times, but also rush the ball 14 times. So he's the whole usage for the bills. And I'm sure, I'm sure you like him again this week. Yeah. The only thing that I would, I, I want to say, yes, I do like him, but the only thing that is giving me concerns when I'm looking at him versus guys like Matt Ryan and a couple of the other guys we're going to uh, touch on later is if you were watching the Miami and Patriots game, maybe you weren't even watching it. You were just checking it on your phone one thing that I'm sure you noticed was that game ended like 45 real minutes before any of the other games on the one o'clock slate. That game flew by. 
Uh, it's because I don't know if it was on the New England side more so, or if it was on the Miami side, if it was from both, but they were running the ball. They weren't necessarily throwing the ball as much. And um, just with that in mind, that limits, obviously if a game is going by quicker, it limits how much production that uh, any player, any given player can have in a game. So I think maybe that's just a week one kind of random thing that the game went by really quickly. Um, but I think that is the only thing to maybe, maybe be concerned about, whether it's from the New England side, especially with Cam Newton running the ball. But I think Josh Allen is another great runner. Um, but Miami definitely was in a game that seemed to go by very quickly, which is not necessarily a great thing for a quarterback. Yeah, it, it is something to consider. But, I mean, Josh Allen, even if, you know, even if the game does go back quickly, as you mentioned, he'll get his attempts. Like, he should see his same productivity. Um, yeah, it, it, it might be a cause for concern. I think you kind of just brush it off as week one, you know, return to football after a shortened training camp and no preseason. So I also go Josh Allen again. Yeah. No, yeah. And like I, like I started it off, I want to say yes to Josh Allen. But if it doesn't happen, um, I would suspect that would be why. So let's work our way down. Um, before we get to the guy I know you're going to want to touch on, a guy that we should definitely be touching on, Kyler Murray, let's look at in between there. Um, we talked about Matt Ryan, but Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, Big Ben, Matt Stafford, all in that mid to low 6K range. I personally, I don't like this range very much this week. Um, if I'm playing any of them, it's Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to be the reason. If Houston wants to stay close, it's going to be all on him. Um, running the ball and throwing the ball, just trying to keep up with Lamar Jackson. But I think uh, you saw that Denver game last week was a very low scoring pitchers duel. I don't know if Big Ben's going to light it up like he did against uh, against the Giants. So I'm, I'm not too fond of this middle range. Do you like any of those four guys I just mentioned? Um, as a Steelers fan, got to kind of maybe say Ben Roethlisberger, uh, but the only reason why I would pick Ben Roethlisberger is if A.J. Boye is out um, for the Denver Broncos. That's their number one starting corner. Um, so that would be a significant blow to the defense uh, if he is, in fact, out. And then Deshaun Watson, but going against Baltimore is going to be a tough spot. Because um, as we saw against the Chiefs, it took a late rushing touchdown for him to kind of get to the spot where he was. Uh, but Matthew Stafford is maybe a guy uh, that – I potentially love uh, if if Kenny Galladay is in the lineup. I think that this is going to be one of those old-fashioned just divisional shootouts where the offense of the Lions kind of steps up to try to match up against Aaron Rodgers, a guy who we already talked about, who really went off. And um, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, time because – you look at Matthew Stafford and you see that he threw the ball 42 times. Uh, he had 24 completions out of that. Uh, he only had one touchdown, but if you really watched the game, you know that DeAndre, DeAndre Swift should have caught that ball and that should have been another touchdown. That should have been an extra um, probably five points where he's then up to 22. Uh, he's up to 22 DK points and he's looking a lot better than the 17 that we got from him last week. So uh, against Green Bay, I think 
the corners like uh, Alexander and stuff, if uh, if Galladay is in, I don't think those guys are any big enough to guard uh, Kenny Galladay. And I think that he could potentially have a huge day. Uh, Matthew Stafford being the one throwing him the ball. I think I really like that spot. But again, if Galladay isn't in, it might be tough for me. Okay. That's, I mean, that's definitely a GPP play. I don't think many people will go there. So it, and it's valid reasoning. I think they can, you know, we said they can hang with them if they do. Hopefully Galladay's in and can catch some big, big passes and keep it close. I mean, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I kind of like one of the running backs for Detroit. We're going to talk about him a little later, but yeah, Stafford could be a guy, but uh, we, we touched on Kyler Murray in the podcast we did earlier this week, our first look podcast, 26 of 40, 230 yards, one touchdown passing, 13 rushes for 91 yards and a touchdown rushing. He had 27 and a half points almost was priced at 6,400 and now it got a $300 price drop and is going against a much worse Washington defense. I don't know how that, I don't know what the reasoning is behind that. Um, Washington sure has a good, good rushing game, but Kyler Murray has, I know, as we saw in week one has the legs, he can get around, you know, those linebackers and those defensive ends. He can extend plays. He can get the ball down the field. Now he has, one of the best receivers in the game to throw to if he didn't have that last year. I think he is one of the safest plays at this price, one of the safest plays we'll find all season. Um, I think he's in a great spot against Washington. I love him this week. I'll play him in all my cash lineups, and I'll probably play him in most of their, you know, a large chunk of my GPP lineups. Um, yeah, I love Kyler. Yeah, I think you nailed everything on the head perfectly, and I one thing that will be really interesting to see is one of those is week one an outlier for the Washington defense. Is it more so that the Philadelphia offensive line is really bad or is it actually the Washington defense is as good as they say? And if they aren't, if it was just the Philadelphia offensive line is trash, then there's no reason to not play Kyler Murray going up against the Washington football team. But the only reason why some people are scared is, you know, Chase Young and Ryan Kerrigan uh, are definitely leading the charge in that really strong uh, front seven. But I think you can definitely hit DeAndre Hopkins uh, over the top, and there should be plenty of points for Kyler Murray to be to uh, have a great day. Yeah, again, love him. I, I'll be playing a lot of him. Uh, we'll look at some of these value quarterbacks. Uh, to be honest, I. You know, last week I kind of I, – I thought there were some plays in this value quarterback range, notably Mitch Trubisky, who did what, you know, did great, paid off for me. Um, I'm not loving these guys under 6K this week. Uh, do, do you like going back to Mitch or, you know, do you believe in the Mitchu magic? What do you like of this value range, if anything? You know, it's tough and it's going to be a bunch of dart throws. Um Philip Rivers is a guy that could potentially, like if he hits the fountain of youth, for, you know he's going to have one weekend where he just goes absolutely nuts and you're like, oh my gosh, Philip Rivers is back. Um, and maybe it's against the team that gave up 10,000 yards to Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I definitely can see that happening. I think this is this is a... Very, 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 very 
very not safe dart throw. But it is a dart, and you can throw it if you want. Uh, Tyrod Taylor against the Kansas City Chiefs. They are going to be down three touchdowns maybe halfway through the first quarter. It could get very ugly, very quick. Tyler Taylor is by far the least superior team or quarterback. Chargers are the least superior team. The offense, it's all not as good as the Chiefs. But that being said, if they're down 21 points at the end of the first quarter, what are they going to be doing the entire game? They're going to be throwing the ball. They're going to be trying to catch up. Maybe they get a few garbage time uh, touchdowns just like, we saw Deshaun Watson do against uh, the Chiefs uh, last week. So you can maybe write that story. I know people are writing that story about Austin Eckler. Um, so maybe Tyrod Taylor is a place just really because if the Chiefs get down or if the Chiefs get up very quickly, um, then there's going to be a lot of throwing done. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that scenario because I, I don't necessarily love Tyrod Taylor, um, but I do like someone on the chargers from that storyline. And that's, I mean, it's kind of skipping ahead to the tight ends, but I think Hunter Henry will benefit because if you remember Taylor back in Buffalo, he was him and Charles clay were just automatic, you know, gains 10 yards every, every time he threw the ball. And we kind of saw that week one, Hunter Henry had like a pretty solid game. That was Tyra Taylor's favorite target. So if they do get down and they're throwing the ball a lot, Tyra could rack up some yards, and I think most of them will go to Hunter Henry. Yeah, I think either um, Hunter Henry or I think maybe trying to get Austin Eckler involved because, and again, skipping ahead to the running backs, but a lot of people are afraid of Austin Eckler right now because they're like, oh my gosh, you only got one target. Um, the only the the whole way that they made his like that he made his living was being the second most receiving quarterback or running back only behind Christian McCaffrey. But what people don't look at is they did give him the ball 19 times in the run game. It's not like they didn't want to get him involved in the offense. Um, so if that's the game script is where they're down a lot, then it, it's going to look like giving him the ball, not necessarily running the ball, but throwing it to him. Yeah. Uh, last guy I want to bring up for quarterback, someone that if I am going down here, he's a guy I think has a big, ceiling potential and that's daniel jones out of new york um, yeah Feeling i it? i liked it I, I like daniel jones and part of the reason could be misconstruing week one maybe that sealers defense is as good as you say they are being a sealers fan but saquon did not look he he didn't look good out of the backfield or running the ball out of the backfield um he was involved in the past game a bit but daniel jones you know he had almost 300 yards and two touchdowns he threw Two ugly picks, but I mean, if you you know take those picks away, he's having you know, almost a twenty-five point fantasy game. And I think against a Chicago defense who's going to be worse than the Steelers, he we could be looking at a three-touchdown game from him. And maybe if he can, you know, be the ball, not throw two picks, we could be looking at like a twenty-five, thirty-point game from Daniel Jones. He's got weapons all around him. Darius Slayton's good. Evan Ingram's like a pretty solid tight end. So I, I kind of like Daniel Jones if I'm punting quarterback. But. Yeah. The only, the only issue that's hard for me with the Daniel Jones, and I think all of that is sound reasoning and totally possible. The fact that he's only $300 less than Kyler Murray. How much of a punt is that really? Yeah, would be, that, that would just that be is, the only. That is true. 
Yeah, he's definitely GPP play. But how about this? He threw the second most passing touchdowns on the road last year. What do you, huh. what do you think of that? Daniel Jones. He, he's, how about the, he's real. Those next-gen stats. Yeah, there you go. Lamar Jackson. He just trailed Lamar Jackson by two. Um, uh, you so before we move on to running backs. <laughs> before we move on to running backs, uh, let's just real quick give me a, a lock and a fade for week one for a quarterback. Um. We're gonna go outside of. We're gonna go outside of Kyler Murray for the lock. Yeah, sure. I think, I think we're both yeah. gonna do that. Uh, Matt Ryan. I think any guy who's throwing the ball at least fifty times a game uh, is going to have a great game. He had multiple wide receivers over hundred yards. He had four hundred fifty yards. He's gonna have more than two touchdowns if he can replicate that four hundred fifty yard uh, throwing performance. So he's definitely my lock. And then my fade, uh, we didn't really talk about him much, but Tom Brady, especially if Chris Godwin is out um, with the concussion. Yeah, Mike Carolina Evans is somewhat healthy. Yeah, Chris Evans, or not Chris Evans. Uh, Charlotte, I don't know where I got Captain America from, but Charlotte does not have, uh, I'm saying Charlotte too, Carolina. <laughs> you get, you'll get there. <laughs> I just had a stroke. Um, Carolina is not a great defense we know that he should be able to put up some points but he didn't look great and if he doesn't have those two uh options on the outsides it's going to be a tough game for him for me i'm going to go my lock will be josh allen um again against the miami defense who got smoked by cam newton who isn't as great of a runner as josh allen is this year i think he is in position to dominate uh fade Kind of, I'll probably go, I'm between Watson and Roethlisberger. I don't like really either of them. Probably Roethlisberger more so than Watson. I think Watson has a higher ceiling. I don't think Roethlisberger will be able to replicate the game he had week one. He, I mean, he, it's not like he had a great game. He had 22 points, which is decent for him, but I don't think he'll be able to, you know, do the same thing. So I'm not playing Big Ben at all this week. Sure. I'm not going to take that personally. So let's, uh, let's, running backs um it's a stacked running back field uh cmc 10k saquon barkley coming off a miserable game at eight eight point four elliot eight point two henry seven point nine cook seven point six and then the rookie edwards hilaire at seven point four um out of those guys i i really eric henry he touched the ball 31 times recall correctly yep 31 times for 116 yards against denver and that was in a low-scoring game where he couldn't find the end zone. Imagine what he's going to do against Jacksonville, who I think last year was the worst rushing defense in the NFL. Yep. If not the worst, then the second worst. They were they were pretty miserable. So I think you'll be able to eat up Jacksonville. Um, did, what about you? Who, who are you liking out of these top uh, six or seven guys? I, um, I really don't like – or I, I like every single one of them. There's nobody on that list that I'm like, oh, this scares me. Maybe Christian McCaffrey. I know that kind of sounds crazy, but Tampa Bay has a good rushing defense, and I know that he's obviously more than just a rusher, uh, but that's kind of what they do is they stuff the run, and they also have Devin White, who's a fast uh, linebacker. So maybe Christian McCaffrey is the guy that I like the least out of this group. Um Dalvin Cook would probably be the guy I like the second least, just because Indianapolis's uh, front seven is pretty strong. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 
probably my favorite of the group. Uh, talked about it a lot in the pod uh, earlier this week. But like we talked about, if Kansas City does get up to that crazy lead like we were talking about, uh, he is going to be seeing a lot of rush, rushes. Yeah. Hey, he, he's, he's a guy that he has big play potential. He looked so good in week one. You know, hopefully he can continue that against the Chargers. I mean, I'm excited to see what he's going to have this season. He could be, you know, up there. He'll, I mean, at this point, I know it's a small sample size, but likely win rookie of the year. I don't know, unless there's someone on the defensive end that just steps up. He's, you know, clearly the best offensive rookie right now. It would have to, it would have to take Joe Burrow really stepping his game up. Um, yeah, and I don't, I like Joe Burrow. I think he's a great quarterback, but. Edward Solaire is just in such a good position on the Chiefs that he's just able to dominate every game he plays. I agree. And they, the best news out of this week so far has been Andy Reid talking about wanting to get Clyde Edwards Alaire more red zone touches and uh, getting him more involved in the red zone offense, which means touchdowns. So yeah, love that'll that. help him out a lot. Um, so we'll cover. Someone that we talked about in the first pod again, but uh, James Conner looks like he's going to play after coming out of that first game. Apparently, he's fully healthy now. He just had a magical recovery. and The worst news ever, ever. I mean, it, for the player, you're glad that he's not injured. But from a DFS standpoint, <sighs> brutal. Yeah, Benny Snell was a lock up until then. Yeah. Um, so... You said don't touch him with 10-foot pole, so we're still not going to touch him, even slow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Denver's defense is strong. Pittsburgh's offensive line is looking a little shaky um, with losing our right guard and our right tackle. Um, don't quote me on Wisnowski being the uh, right guard. He might be the left guard, but we're missing a guard and a right tackle. Um, but, yeah, no, because – there's videos surfacing that maybe James Conner never had an injury and that it was him complaining uh, with the coaches was the reason why he was out of the game. Uh, and if that's the case, then he's, that's even kind of scarier in my opinion. Um, but yeah, James Conner, you never know what you're going to get. You don't know if he's going to be able to, to get a whole game out of him. Maybe he's a GPP play where everybody's like, ah, we're scared of James Conner. Um, so he might be low owned, but I don't think he's going to be worth having in any kind of cash game. Yeah, give me, give me him at half a percent ownership and I probably won't play him at all still. Um, I just, you know, I mean, you said it best. He's, he's a risky play and I don't think he has as high of a ceiling as some guys that are, you know, right around them pricing-wise. So, um, Let me ask you about, we talked a lot about the Atlanta and Dallas game on the quarterback side with Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan. Do you like either of the running backs in that game? No, I don't. Um, I think if I sure? were to go, I, I, I'm not too sure, but I, I'm, I, any of them, I mean, do they have the potential to have a good game? Sure. Like it's Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott. They're two great running backs, but I think this is supposed to be a high scoring game because you have, on one end, Matt Ryan, who's going to throw the ball 60 times, and we'll find, you know, Calvin Ridley could have 15 catches, and Julio Jones might also have 15 catches. Like, he, he's just a gunslinger. 
Gurley might punch it into the end zone for a touchdown or two, but I don't like him. I don't like him as a consistent play. You know, maybe he gets 12 rushes and two of them are for touchdowns and he only gets like 30 yards and he ends up being having a decent fantasy day. But I mean, touchdowns, as we've said, are just so hard to predict, so variable that I don't think Gurley's getting the usage as he was in uh, on the Rams for to him for me to make him playable. Um, then on the other hand, Elliot, he's I guess I like him a bit more than Gurley. He's he's got the receiving upside. They use him in the past game, you know, f- fairly quite a bit. He caught a touchdown last game, so there's that. But again, at 8200, I like Derrick Henry below him so much more. And then uh, I. You said you didn't like Dalvin Cook. I don't think Dalvin Cook's a bad, bad play here. And then, but also Edwards Hilaire, you know, again another thousand dollar discount off him. I think there's a much better running backs below him. So I don't really like either of those two guys. Yeah, and let me clarify. It's not that I don't like Dalvin Cook. I just think you might as well get somebody who I think has a bigger upside at two hundred dollars cheaper. Is just my only thought on that. Yeah. Let me rapid fire really quick. Kenyon Drake. David Johnson, Malcolm Brown, Jonathan Taylor. Those guys are all $200 within each other. Who do you like the best? Who do you like the worst? Malcolm Brown, I just want to say, had the most points out of any of them last week. That doesn't make any sense. Why did he have the most points? Um, honestly, kind of the order that they're in, I like them the best. I think Drake, Johnson, Brown, and Taylor. I think Brown, come on, Brown, week one had to have been a fluke, right? I mean, he touched the ball 18 times. It's like, that's pretty crazy. But you have Akers also got, I think he also got a good, decent chunk of uh, touches. Yeah, he also got 14 rushes. So that backfield, despite him having the big fantasy day because of those touchdowns, it, it is a running back by committee. And I don't think, I don't know if, I mean, maybe we'll see if news comes out, but I don't think Brown separated himself to be the clear running back one. I think it's still up in the air. I don't like Brown. I think, uh, Drake, I think, is in a good position. Um, we talked about watching him in a good front seven, but I think Drake is just too cheap for the upside he brings because he is involved in the passing game. And we know uh, Kyler Murray can scramble the ball and you know get those check downs and those dump downs to Drake for big yards. And he's also, you know, he came into Arizona last year off the Dolphins and was it did he have a four touchdown game or like a 200 yard game? It was something crazy that first game. Yeah, four and, touchdowns, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he brings that upside and he's going against Washington, who Arizona should be able to win handily. They should get Drake more involved. Uh, Johnson will, I think they'll, he'll struggle against Baltimore, but he, he's similar to Drake in the sense that he'll be used in the passing game. He, Deshaun Watson is a similar player to Kyler Murray. Um, so I like him a little bit. But yeah, probably the order that they're priced in at Drake Johnson, Brown, and Taylor. Taylor, I guess I didn't mention Taylor. I'll mention him real quick. Uh, max out makes him a lot more playable, but I think he's he's still too expensive for what we saw the pen week one. He only averaged two and a half yards a carry, only got nine touches even with Mac leaving the game early. It was Naheem Hines who was getting most of the usage. So I'm kind of scared of him and Brown, both for that running back by committee reasoning. Let me, I know we're supposed to be a team on this, but I'm going to challenge you on this. Okay. Last year, Austin Eckler was the number two pass catching 
running back in the league, correct? Yes. Who was their quarterback? What, the Chargers? Yeah, Chargers quarterback last year. Phil Rivers. Philip Rivers, who is the quarterback in Indianapolis this season? I see what you're saying here. (laughs) You see where I'm coming. Jonathan Taylor, he had six targets, caught all six passes. If he is in that Austin Eckler role, and I think it will will be interesting to see because I think Nani Himes is a better pass catcher. Um, But if they're trying to do that with Jonathan Taylor and turn him into the next Austin Eckler, I don't know. It's a thought. It's a thought. And then – I mean, you bring that up, I guess, but – I'm probably not playing either of them this week, but both of them, I guess, are you know, playable if they're going to catch the ball five or six or seven times each. Yeah, so it's just food for thought. Um, somebody on one of my Reddit posts earlier this week told me that Minnesota gave up five car- or five yards per carry last week to Green Bay. Um, I think that's a little bit of a misleading stat just because Green Bay can take the roof off of roof off the top of the defense like – uh, none other. I don't think Philip Rivers has that, so I think they're going to be able to load the box a little bit more against Indianapolis. But um, yeah, just if we're going to go off of a small sample size, Minnesota also gave up a lot of rushing yards with uh, their defense definitely not looking like what it did last year. So, I mean, you convince me. I'll throw them in a GPP lineup. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so how about the do you see any value in these running backs? Like last last week, we had the clear plays of Boston Scott and uh, Antonio Gibson. They're both here. They're both priced up. Do you, is there any value here? Um, man, looking down the list, it's tough. I mean, you have a guy like Melvin Gordon the third at fifty two hundred, but he's a pass because he's going against the amazing Steelers defense. Um, you have a guy Frank Gore who's going to be seeing the start against San Francisco. He's a pass because he's going against San Francisco. Um, there's a couple guys that I don't feel great about going with. I mean, man, if Benny Snell, if James Conner was out, that would be an amazing place to go. Joshua Kelly is a guy um, for the Chargers. And then Zach Moss is another guy who's great for Buffalo. Um, they're both the second running backs. Joshua Kelly had more touches than Austin Eckler in the second half of the Charger game. Um, Zach Moss had more red zone touches um, than Devin Singletary does. And it doesn't seem like Devin Singletary is very trusted by the Buffalo uh, coaching staff. So I think those are both kind of dart throws um, where obviously they're not the running back ones, but they're going to be in games where Buffalo, they could be up by a lot. And if they don't trust Singletary to hold on to the ball because he has fumbling issues, then maybe they go with more Zach Moss. And then with Kelly, um, maybe we see him kind of getting more involved but I think Eckler is the better pass catcher so maybe uh this week against Kansas City maybe we don't go with Kelly but looking forward that could be a potential spot okay and uh how about this Gibson you know blew a hole in most people's pockets week one he was obviously chalk he was obviously the right play and he only put up 6.3 points 6.4 points yeah um him and Peyton Barber are right next to each other, 44 and 4,300. Which of those two guys are you playing or neither of them? Peyton Barber makes me so angry because he had – what did he have? He had – Two touchdowns. 20, yeah, he had two touchdowns, but he only had 29 yards rushing. Yeah. 
on like what do you what do you do with that what do you do with somebody who is has two touchdowns in 29 yards you know what ryan i will tell you what you do with that you do not play him um so i would say don't touch barber and gibson i don't love either okay i mean if he's scoring if he's going to be like the touchdown guy you know you get like james devlin on new england you know for however long he was there he was you ever did you ever play james did you ever play james devlin though (laughs) (laughs) listen i may may have done it once and it probably didn't work out that week but so yeah don't don't play him but i'm just saying (laughs) if he's he's gonna be a guy to score touchdowns (laughs) <laughs> Poor James Devlin. James Devlin is retired somewhere, just living his life with his kids and his family. And we just just threw some shade on him for no reason at all. And then before we wrap up running backs and then wrap up this first episode, I'm going to give you guys the key to winning week two. And uh, it's to play my guy out of New York, the backup, if he plays, backup Frank or Michael P. Ryan. Um, he's a bit of a homer pick. He, uh, I guess for both of us, but mostly me for both Florida alumni, LaMichael P. Ryan, rookie out of Florida. Um, he, he's been talked up in the Jets camp. I have a couple of friends, a couple of Jets fans as friends. They both love LaMichael P. Ryan. He got banged up in preseason and uh, couldn't suit up week one. He's looking, he's has a questionable mark on right now, but I think he'll play in week two. Uh, Frank Gore doesn't have, doesn't have, you know, he's not the mid-late 2000s Frank Gore that we're used to. He, he, he's getting up there in age. He won't be able to stay in the whole game. They brought in Kalen Balaj from Miami, who I can tell you from experience was not the answer at running back for us. Um, I think LaMichael Piran will be involved in this offense a lot at 4,000, both as like a fourth receiver kind of and at the backfield rushing the ball. So, I, I, I mean, I might play a lot of LaMichael Piran if he's suiting up. Well, just like you said with my Jonathan Taylor pick, maybe I'll throw him in one GPP. But I I did not uh, – against that San Francisco defense, I think that might be a tough spot. I Yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate. That's the first defense he's going to face. But I, yeah, I just – I just want to shock the world. UF I, versus I, the world. I just want him to be priced at 4000 forever because one of these weeks he's going to catch five balls for – 40 yards and then get like 80 rushing yards and a touchdown. And he's just going to win a lot of people or a few people a lot of money. Hopefully it's this week. Probably not, but hopefully. Um, Okay. Your lock and fade for running backs. Okay. Let's do this quickly. Um, Lock Clyde Edwards, Alaire for sure. Fade. um, We're just going to fade James Conner pretty hard. Yeah. Agree on fading James Conner. I'll I'll pick someone else just to uh, change it up. My lock is definitely going to be Derrick Henry. I mentioned him a lot at the beginning. Love Derrick Henry. Fade. Um, Miles Sanders. Don't like it. Don't like Philly running backs. Have PTSD from Scott. Sanders is back. Don't like him either now. And I, if you listen to the the first look pod, I'm not playing Austin Eckler the rest of the season because he burned me in too many lineups week one. So those are my locks and fades for running back. Um, so everybody knows. That is just recency bias. Austin Eckler is not a bad pick, but as far as I will be fading him this week, and then still, I will be I will keep fading him. Totally personal. Uh, so, this will be part one of our uh, lineup building selection pick selection uh, episode. 
we're going to dig into wide receivers and tight ends. If you're listening to this, it's probably already up. Go ahead and give it a, give it a listen. Let us know what you think. Contact us on Twitter or on our website, handsdowndfs.com. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on this. Rate us on iTunes or uh, Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. We would greatly appreciate any feedback. Love to hear from everyone. Uh, before we go, Scotty, anything to add? No, that's it. Yeah, just please rate and subscribe uh, whatever, wherever you listen to the pod. Yep. And uh, catch you guys part two. See ya. See ya.